bienvenue and welcome to The Musical Man, the podcast that shines new light on the Tony Award for Best Musical. Each week we examine the nominees and winners of that esteemed decoration, and this week we'll be discussing Walking Happy. Bill Mossop, life is too short for me to see my best chance slip away through fear of speaking out. I'm your best chance. You are that. Well, by gum. If I be, be your best chance, if I be your best chance of all, if I be your best chance, then your chances at best be small. If I be, be your one hope, if I be the one hope you found, If I be your one hope, there's a scarceness of hope around. If I be near to being what you're seeing as a prize, either your mind is fleeing or you need some glasses for those big brown eyes. If I be, be your best chance If it's me that you're choosing first If I be your best chance I would sure hate to meet Your worst But first, how are we doing? I hope this episode of The Musical Man finds you well. I don't know if I'm doing so well. My voice is a... Oh, it's in a bit of a state, so you'll have to bear with me. Oh, oh, bear with me, listeners. Oh, I think we should go right into the show facts, actually, considering my voice and the fact that Patty, Benny, and I, oh, we were shooting the shit for so long that I'm afraid we've we've fallen behind schedule. So if you, the listener, don't mind, let's transition into those show facts. Show me the show facts regarding walking happy, you say. All right, I am more than happy to oblige. Let's do it! Walking Happy was a 1967 nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. It opened on November 26th, 1966 at the Lundfontein Theater and ran for 161 performances. The book is written by Roger O. Hearson and Keddie Frings. The music is by James Jimmy Van Heusen and the lyrics are by Sammy Kahn. Jimmy Van Heusen and Johnny Burke wrote Carnival in Flanders, a musical that ran on Broadway for, uh, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six performances back in 1953. That collaboration led to Van Heusen's work being featured in one of our previous subjects, the Johnny Burke review musical, Swingin' on a Star. Van Heusen's music, as well as Sammy Kahn's lyrics, can also be found in Thoroughly Modern Millie, which we have also talked about on the show. As a duo, Van Heusen and Kahn wrote Skyscraper, a future subject of the podcast, along with several songs made famous by Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, but I want to focus on the Frank Sinatra songs, including Love and Marriage. That's just one of those tunes. Those tunes can 
be heard in another Broadway vehicle, that being the dance review, Come Fly Away. The Frank Sinatra dance review, I should say. The basis for this week's subject, Walking Happy, is Hobson's Choice, a play by Harold Bryhouse that opened on Broadway on November 2nd, 1915. Here's the thing, the closing date of Hobson's Choice is unknown according to the IBDB. <laughs> Spooky, am I right? The director of the original Broadway production was Cy Fuhrer, musical director Herbert Grossman, orchestrations Larry Wilcox, choreographer Danny Daniels, scenic design Robert Randolph, lighting design Robert Randolph, hello, New paychecks, Robert. Sound design in a no sound design, but we do have a costume designer, and that is Robert Fletcher. Original Broadway cast. Okay, this company has a total of 35 actors, okay? A 35 actor company. We are going to cite all of them in alphabetical order, starting with Ed Bakey, Lucille Benson, Eleanor Bergquist, Michael Bergson, Bert Beer, Diane Blair, Chad Block, Thomas Boyd, Sandra Brewer, Sharon. Deer King, Gordon Dilworth, Ian Gary, Gene Gavin, Ellen Graff, Marion Haroldson, Steve Jacobs, Richard Corthaz, uh, oh no, no, here we go, Al, Al Lanty, Jane Laughlin, Byron Mitchell, Carl Nicholas, Marie Patrice O'Neill, Don Percassi, Michael Quinn, Casper Roos, George Rose, Nada Rowand, Richard Setterholm, Dan Serretta, James B. Spann, Emma Trekman, Louise Troy Gretchen, Van Aiken, Ann Wallace, and last but certainly not least, our star, Norman Wisdom, our star, dear listener, a famous English comedian who is best known for his Norman Pitkin films, those being The Square Peg, On the Beat, A Stitch in Time, and The Early Bird. For additional reference, The Square Peg was England's seventh highest grossing film in 1959. On the Beat was in the top 12 for 1963. A Stitch in Time was in the top 10 for 1964. And The Early Bird was in the top 15 for 1966. From Wikipedia, okay, quote, After the 1986 Chernobyl disaster, a hospice was named in Norman Wisdom's honor, quote, I mean, the man was awarded knighthood in 2000. Albania loved him, if only because his movies were some of the few Western titles allowed into the country under the rule of dictator Anvir Hoxha. What I'm trying to say is, Norman Wisdom, a very popular comedian in his time, all right? He was a popular guy. I admit it. He admit it. Tony Nods. All right. Walking Happy was nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical, of course, but also Best Composer and Lyricist, Jimmy. Van Heusen and Sammy Kahn, Best Actor in a Musical, Norman Wisdom, Best Actress in a Musical, Louise Troy, Best Featured Actor in a Musical, Gordon Dilworth, and Best Choreography, Danny Daniels. That's a total of six nominations. Unfortunately, zero awards when all was said and done. That is the exact same Tony Award ratio as Blood Brothers. Six nominations, zero awards. Oh, spooky. Ah, I'm scared. Let's talk about the plot of Walking Happy. Our tale is set in in the industrial town of Salford, England. Oh, cheerio! Mr. Henry Hobson, a widower with three daughters, owns a boot shop. Hobson's oldest daughter, Maggie, runs the shop alongside her subordinates, Will Mossop and Tubby Wadlow. 
Hobson's other daughters, Alice and Vicky, want nothing more than to marry their sweethearts, Albert and Freddie Beanstalk, but that's, well, that's easier said than done. You see, Mr. Hobson spends a lot of his free time at Moonrakers, a local pub. Albert and Freddie's father, Mr. George Beanstalk, is the head of the Temperance League, and he despises Mr. Hobson. The feeling is mutual. You are a twit, Mr. Beanstalk, and you, Mr. Hobson, are a drunk and a degenerate. Oh, no. A drunk and a degenerate. Take two. There we go. Enemies to lovers, maybe? Oh, sadly, no. I'm sorry to say. When Mr. Hobson jokes about Maggie being an old maid, that's a nice thing to say to your dog. She resolves to bag herself a man before time runs out. Oh, the clock is ticking. Why not Will? Oh, uh, Will Mossop? He may be a spineless twerp, uh, a real soy boy blue pill beta cuck safe space snowflake, but he's also an excellent bootmaker. With his hands and Maggie's mind for business, there's nothing they can't do. Maggie informs Will that they are now engaged and he panics. Tubby is the only only person he can turn to for advice, and Tubby ain't exactly passing out pearls of wisdom. Mr. Hobson is disgusted to learn Alice and Vicky are in love with Mr. Beanstalk's sons. But when he is reminded that Beanstalk owns the extremely lucrative grain warehouse, he quickly changes his tune and the fathers agree to arrange a match. While out and about with Maggie, Will sheepishly confesses that he is already engaged to the pea-brained Ada Figgins. Are there enough characters in this show for you? Oh my god. Ada's family is dead set on this arrangement, and they force Will into upholding a premarital tradition. Dancing! Maggie promptly shuts that shit down and makes it clear to everyone in Salford that Will is her man full stop. Upon reviewing the terms of Alice and Vicky's respective dowries, Mr. Hobson begins to wonder if he should pull the ripcord on the whole situation. Aye, that beanstalk's gonna milk me dry. Alice and Vicky find comfort in Maggie. Hashtag sisters are doing it for themselves, I suppose. Will interrupts the girl talk, and Maggie orders him to relay the news of their engagement to their father. Mr. Hobson is displeased. He beats the ever-loving stuffin' out of Will, who manages to stand up for himself after absorbing a few dozen blows. Mr. Hobson, I'm gonna marry Maggie whether you like it or not. And what's more, she and I are gonna marry... No, no. <laughs> Take two. She and I are gonna open up our very own boot shop. Oh, I do, I do declare so there. Will and Maggie secure a loan from the wealthy Mrs. Hepworth and successfully manage to make their dream come true. They're walking happy, baby, yeah! In despair, Mr. Hobson becomes terribly drunk and begins to suffer from the DTs, or delirium tremens. He falls down the corn chute of Mr. Beanstalk's grain warehouse and Beanstalk decides to sue him for trespassing. Stay out of my corn shoot, Hobson! I left a rosebud in there. <laughs> for ya! <laughs> Alice and Vicky do their best to fill in for Maggie at their father's shop, but making boots simply ain't their bag. All they want to do is get hitched. We've established that. Will and Maggie cordially invite the ladies to their wedding, which is set to take place at their shop. Will continues to be skeptical of the marriage, but he's willing to go along to get along. Smash cut, Will and Maggie's wedding. During the festivities, Mr. Hobson and Mr. Beanstalk hammer out new dowries for Alice and Vicky. Hooray! 
Hobson agrees to wear the blue rosette of Beanstalk's Temperance League and merge his shop with that of Will and Maggie. Hooray! Will and Maggie follow through on their nuptials. Hooray! But Will can't bring himself to take Maggie to bed. Oh no, he's too nervous, you see. Maggie sighs. Well, if you're not gonna fuck me, Will Mossop, I suppose I'll have to, I'll have to leave ya. Will goes insane. Leave me! I can't live without you, Maggie! That's just what Maggie wanted to hear. And as the curtain falls, our lovers make their way to the bedroom. Meow! <laughs> Sex! For the purposes of this week's episode, I began by listening to the 1966 original Broadway cast album of Walking Happy. This is the only cast album that has ever been produced for this show. Ever! It premiered in 1966, and we've never recorded it again. Does that say anything to you? I don't want to spoil how I feel about this show this early on, but maybe that says something, okay? Dear listener, you should have seen the look on my face when I discovered this musical was set in England and not the Wild West or American Frontier, as I had always assumed. You're telling me the boot on the cover of this album is an English boot? Oh, I was flabbergasted. I then, I then watched <laughs> the Clog and Grog dance as performed on the Ed Sullivan Show. This was on December 4th, 1966 on CBS. This may be the only visual evidence we have of the Clog and Grog dance existing as the music written for this sequence is not included on the album. In the name of preserving history, I vote for hearing a bit of Clog and Grog audio. Can we do that? Hearing grown men clog may not be the most satisfying oral experience. The execution of Danny Daniels' choreography is undeniably impressive and also unashamedly dorky. Uh, do me a favor, never show this performance to anyone who's on the fence about musical theater. They will run for the hills and never speak to you again. I then watched the 1967 Tony Ward's performance of Walking Happy, the title number. Robert Preston introduces the performance with a quote from the poet Percy Shelley. To quote him directly, quote, The good want power, but to keep barren tears. The powerful goodness want, worse need for them. The wise want love, and those who love want wisdom. Ladies and gentlemen, Norman Wisdom. Quote, I'm sorry, you mean to tell me all of that was for the sake of a play on Norman Wisdom's name? Wisdom? That's the whole point? Don't make Robert Preston memorize this stuff. If that's your endgame, the man has better things to do, I would think. The effect of Danny Daniels' everything-but-the-kitchen-sink style of choreography is comparable to that of a lullaby. I acknowledge the skill on display, God knows. I admire the hours of thought and buckets of sweat that went into all of this, but 
Baby, I am asleep. You'd be better off watching Monty Python's Silly Walk routine. It's a hell of a lot shorter. This this performance at the Tonys, I feel like, is nearly seven minutes long. A little bit too long, if you ask me. YouTube user at ScottMiller6495 posted this comment one year ago. Quote, you'll never, ever see anything like this again. Ever again. Period. And at the end of that, I'm sorry, quote, at the end of that comment, there are five exclamation points. You'll never, ever see anything like this again. Ever again. Period. Ah. So are we just gatekeeping everything now? Even musicals like Walking Happy, The Sun Has Set on Camelot, and I bore witness to the dying light. Shut up. Like, do me a favor. Smoke some fucking weed. Hit a cop. Do something that gets you away from that gate. Holy shit. All right. If you can believe it, it is already time to start talking about the score for Walking Happy. Let's begin with the overture. I hope you enjoyed that taste of the Walking Happy Overture because it's 
Well, you know what? No, it would be unfair of me to say it's all downhill from downhill from here. That would be unfair. That would imply we're about to descend into some uh, dank pit inhabited by musicals like The Lieutenant and Leader of the Pack. Walking Happy is more in league with shows like Golden Boy and The Happy Time. You know, the boring musicals. But I do get a kick out of this overture, FYI. I get no kick from champagne or cocaine, but this overture... It fairly spun me up inside, whipped up some decent colors and images in the old brain pan. I kept thinking about men and women working at a 1960s department store. If you told me this was actually the overture for Here's Love, a musical not to be confused with the musical Here Lies Love, I'm talking about the 1963 Broadway adaptation of Miracle on 34th Street. If you told me this was the overture for that show, I would probably believe you. You could very well trick me. Please don't trick me. I'm just a little baby boy. Gentlemen, Her Majesty Queen Victoria. To the Queen of liquid which results in, in relaxation and brings about a mind emancipation. He pleads us not to drink. All right, then, let us think. All right, then, let us think. Really think. Think of something else. Think of something else. Let's not drink and think of something else. Think of nagging wives, tongues like butchers' knives, sponging relatives, woes a daughter gives, debts and bills to pay till you're laid away. When you start to think, that's when you need a drink. And when you have that drink, your troubles start to shrink. And you begin to think of something else. Think of something So this was my internal monologue about 30 seconds into our first number, which is known as Think of Something Else. Here's that internal monologue. Oh, so it's just not going to be funny. Okay, got it. I'll adjust my expectations accordingly. No, it's good that I know this. Really, thank you. Not being funny is one thing, I guess, but not winning or charming? Ugh, these are crimes, and we must, ooh, we must bring these people to justice. Oh, no. I was intrigued when the vocal arrangements became more complicated and demanding of the company, clocking the various layers. That was a nice enough experience. When I was on the other side of this album, I did find it odd how the show boasts 35 actors, and musically speaking, the company has almost nothing to do. Walking Happy is a very small show pretending to be a very big show. Its focus is far too narrow, and we will discuss that issue further as this segment continues. When all the very young boys, the very dashing young boys, came 
wandering by. Where was I? Where was I? When all the very young men, the very handsome young men, came calling with hopes held high. Where was I? Where was I? Now gone are all the young boys, and gone are all the young men. I didn't dream they'd ever seem so sublime. And if they're wondering where was I, tell In the case of Where Was I, Maggie's spinster ballad, her torch song for the terminally single, Sammy Kahn and Jimmy Van Heusen stop short of providing Louise Troy, our lead actress, with the tools she needs to achieve true success. The music is pretty, but never beautiful. The lyrics inspire sympathy, but never affection or real connection. In this case, Louise Troy is made to do the heavy lifting, and I'm grateful for the grace and color she brings to the material. She's filling in the gaps, planting her flag, so to speak. Me, I'd have lost interest in this song long before we got to Broadway. If I had to play this part, I would be on autopilot, but Troy is not one to operate on autopilot, and we salute you, Miss Troy. There's not all that much to it, you know. How do you talk? How do you talk? To a girl. To a gal. You just listen. 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 You just listen to what is on her mind. You listen and listen and listen and how do you speak? How do you speak? To a girl. To a gal. You say little. You say little. Your thumbs twiddle. Your thumbs twiddle. And you listen. And you listen while she talks. Yeah, if she thinks it's odd If she thinks it's odd You nod You nod Not to be a boa Not to be a boa You just nod once more Once more? She will think you're brilliant How do you talk? How do you talk? To a girl To a girl You just listen You just listen You just listen You just listen And then one day And then one day The, the girls You You listen, you listen, the rest of you, you listen, you listen, you listen, the rest of you, you listen, you listen, the rest of your life, you listen, you listen, the rest of your life. 
Talk to a Girl is the first of three numbers for the character of Will Mossop that arrive back to back to back on the cast album. Three numbers in a row for this guy, if you can believe it. You would have heard the second number, If I Be Your Best Chance, at the top of this episode. We will not be dipping into the third number, What Makes It Happen, because I value your time and would prefer it if you kept listening to the podcast. Will Mossop is an awful protagonist. He is not merely a dud, he is a black hole. No one in their right mind would spend this much uninterrupted time with him. So can we please cut to someone else anyone else. Oh, but audiences adored Norman Wisdom. Surely they would want him front and center for as long as possible. Well, as the owner of the bookshop in Beauty and the Beast might say, if you like him all that much, he's yours. At the risk of sounding vindictively pedantic, if Norman was so beloved, why did Walking Happy close after 161 performances? Did we perhaps overestimate his popularity in the States by a smidge, a touch, a jam? This does seem like the sort of show that would initially open in the UK and run for years before stalling out in America, but that ain't the case. From what I can tell, there has never been a major, large-scale UK production, no West End production at least. There ain't even, there ain't never been an Encores revival, neither, neither. And that speaks volumes, doesn't it? How about one thing straight from you two? You really want your Albert and you your Freddy? Oh, yes, Maggie. More than anything. But it's hopeless. Nothing's hopeless, love, if you put your mind to it. A thinking mind can solve any problem. You've got to just use your noggin. Just use your noggin. You've got to just use your bean. Use your bean. Use your bean. You've got two ears on your face and all of that space, that space in between. Space in between. When life treats you poorly, in particular, in particular, that's when you must have faith and trust and more than just stay perpendicular. You've got to just use your bonnet. Just use your bonnet. When all your hopes start to sink. When the future's gloomy as a pot of printer's ink. You'll find your cares will all to bargain You'll you send your troubles jargon If you only use your noggin and think Do you have a solution yet, Maggie? No, nothing yet, but let's keep thinking You've got to just use your noggin Just use your noggin You've got to just use your bean Your bean You've got two ears on your face And all of that space That space in between Setbacks can be made infinitesimal Next time you add, if things look bad, don't be too sad Just move the decimal You've got to just use your bonnet Each time you come to the brink Problems are like woolen hose They'll more than likely shrink You'll find your cares will all to bargain. You will send your troubles jogging if you only use your noggin and only use your noggin and only use your noggin and I need.
need you to understand a couple of things about the song Use Your Noggin. To start, it's the third number to employ a form of call and response following Think of Something Else and How Do You Talk to a Girl? Put a pin in that, because what I have on deck is gonna make your head spin like a top. Here it is. Use Your Noggin, the song you just heard, is the Act 1 finale, according to the IBDB. The finale of Act 1! This is a musical comedy. When your audience leaves the house for intermission, they should have a spring in their step and a thirst for more. Noggin will only confuse and or irritate them. Putting this song at the end of Act 1 is, it really is, it's so wild to me, a truly disastrous decision in terms of structure. Me, I would have ended Act 1 with the title number right when Will and Maggie open their shop. To me, this makes sense, I don't know, they never called me. Okay, let's circle back to the comment I made a moment ago. I, I suppose the numbers I cited don't rely on call and response so much as basic repetition. Call and response is, from a songwriting perspective at least, more of a creative challenge than basic repetition. But in any case, I was so sick of hearing these people parrot each other ad nauseum. That's the point I'm driving at. Beep, beep, beep. The following is a seemingly complete list of examples from the three songs I cited. And think of something else. I believe it's Beanstalk who sings, Think of something else. Think of something else. Just forget that drink. And think of something else. And then the company sings, Think of something else. Think of something else. Like they've been, you know, wound up and set loose on stage. And then in the second number, How Do You Talk to a Girl? <laughs> Will and Tubby, you know, it's how do you talk, how do you talk to a girl, to a girl, just repeating each other. And then in Noggin, it's you've, <laughs> how does that go? You've got to just use your noggin, just use your noggin. Would you, pack of nattering mimics, zip it, please, zip it, Scotty, zip it. But I'll make a man of the man, although he You'll have your hundred pounds and that new start. Maybe he'll make
the math of walking happy, uh, the ratios, the way Khan and Van Heusen have gone about writing for these characters, it's all wrong, if you ask me. I've already said this is a small show pretending to be a big show, and these figures that I'm about to present, I, uh, I believe they make my case. So Maggie, the character of Maggie, leads or is heavily featured in a total of seven numbers. Number one, where was I? Number two, use your noggin. Number three, you're right, you're right. Number four, I'll make a man of the man. Number five, walking happy. Number six, I don't think I'm in love. And number seven, you're right, you're right, the reprise. A lot of material for one character, right? Well, here's the thing. Will Mossop leads or is heavily featured in a total of nine numbers. One, how do you talk to a girl. Two, if I'd be your best chance. Three, a joyful thing, which is not on the album, so I assume that was cut at a certain point. Four, what makes it happen. Five, walking happy. Number six, I don't think I'm in love. Number seven, it might as well be her. Number eight, the reprise of you're right, you're right. And finally, number nine, I don't think I'm in love. Will and Maggie take up nearly 100% of the real estate in this show. Their omnipresence inspires claustrophobia. Again, I ask, why are we not giving the company more to do? Why not write additional material for Maggie's sisters, Alice and Vicky, or any material, any material at all for their beaus, Albert and Freddie? Why can't the number we just heard, I'll make a man of the man, be delivered by Mrs. Hepworth, the woman who invests in Will and Maggie's boot shop, lose the aisle from the title, and call the song Make a Man of the Man? That's half the work right there. Mrs. Hepworth could be a fine role for an older actress. The, the Lady Bracknell of Walking Happy, maybe. Why not uh, try it? Frankly, I'd be willing to hear anyone sing if it meant Will and Maggie were forced to shut up for five blessed minutes. Zip it, all right? When a problem comes along, you must zip it. Zip it good. I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you like these references? The assumption, the assumption that anyone would care about Will and Maggie's will-they-won't-they they romance is a real big swing. It's a real big ask. And that's never going to happen if we're stuck with them for this long. Absence makes the heart grow fonder and all that jazz. Ah! Now step out of here with a walk of the Will Mossop to be. And on the way out, Willie, you can hang the sign. Sign? Our new shop sign. William Mossop, master bootmaker. Well, by gum, there's the kind of walk you walk when you feel like crowing. There's the kind of walk you when you're on your way There's the kind of walk you walk When your pride is showing And the kind of walk you walk When today's your day There's the kind of walk you walk When the world's all rainbows and your heart's hopping like a poppin' jay. Good fortune's found you, chappy, and your life's a happy valentine when you're walking happy. 
the blooming world seem fine. Name's the kind of walk you walk when you're feeling talk about the walking happy number and then we're gonna call it a day <laughs> all right anyone got a problem with that who's raising their hand back there you put your hand down ah thank you <laughs> fun fact sammy khan and jimmy van Heusen first wrote walking happy the song for the 1963 jackie gleason comedy Papa's Delicate Condition. The sequence was cut prior to the film's release, but every dog has his day, as they say, and the song found a new home on Broadway. Papa's Delicate Condition. What a title, am I right? Oh, one for Papa's Delicate Condition, please. I've held my tongue until now, but comparing the score of this week's subject to that of Jerry Herman's Hello, Dolly, which premiered only a few years before this on Broadway, that comparison is inevitable. Is it fair? I don't know. Is it fair? <laughs> Who knows? Who can say? No one. I, you know, I could also compare the plots of these shows, as they share a number of commonalities, but we are beyond the plot at this point, all right? We need to focus on the score. If Where Was I is a melancholic variation on ribbons down my back, and it is, then Walking Happy the Song is absolutely a cut-rate elegance, a substandard substitute for put on your Sunday clothes. I was ready to award this show a bucket of points had this number proven to be a standout. But let's face it, we are in Flop City, USA with this tune. We never get off the ground. The, the wheels occasionally, I suppose, do come off of the ground. But then we're right back on the ground. Uh, just a little bit of elevation. And then right back on the surface of the earth. I want to fly. I want to float, for God's sake. Where's the floating? If there was ever a time to showcase the company and take advantage of their collective talent and power, it would be right here and now. But this is one lemon that cannot be turned into lemonade. Con Van Heusen, you let these people down. I hope you understand that. 
All right, that's all I have to say regarding the score for Walking Happy. It is now time to hear from our fine sponsor, 5678 Coffee. Take it away, 5678. Absolutely ridiculous. Hello? Hello, is anyone out there? This is Wallace Shawn talking. This is Wallace Shawn knocking. Hello, I'm rapping at the door of the Criterion Closet. Oh, I'm trapped in here. Oh, I should say we're trapped in here. I'm trapped in here with my quiet man friend and collaborator, Andre. Andre, I apologize, not Andre. Andre Gregory. Oh, I am so, I'm so irritated. I can't believe I'm trapped in the closet with my man friend. This is not a metaphor. Help. This is inconceivable! <laughs> Andre, what are we gonna do? I bet they're just teasing us out there. That's what it is, isn't it, Andre? Andre! Ah, stop it! Don't look at me! Give me a kiss! Oh no, I bet they are out there, though, making fun of us, reading their manga! Oh, that's all anyone cares about anymore! Manga! 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 Andre, what are we going to do? We could be trapped in here for days, weeks, months. Maybe I can break down the door with this pristine Blu-ray edition of Paul Bartel's Eating Raul. Back up, Andre. Andre, Andre, get away from the door. I'm going to throw this Blu-ray at it. One, two, and no, it's inconceivable. I can't throw this pristine Blu-ray edition of Eating Raul at the door. Think about what it would do to the door. Oh, my God, it would scratch the door. I would feel so bad. I would feel so bad. And think about that Blu-ray. It could get scratched or dented. This isn't my property. This is the property of the Criterion Collection. Oh, we could be here for hundreds of years, Andre. Here, oh, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get some energy. We need some energy if we're going to live through this. Here. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, don't reach into my fanny pack. <laughs> stop it. You're tickling me. <laughs> Andre, stop it. Andre, be serious. I'm trying to get at my five, six, seven, eight to-go pouches. Yes, I was telling you about this at dinner. 5678 has a new coffee product. 5678 to go patches. Liquid coffee in little handy dandy pouches. You rip them open just like this. You swig them out just like this. And suddenly, you've got enough energy for at least a couple of hours. And I've got at least a dozen of these in my, oh, a dozen of these in my fanny pack, Andre. Andre, give me a kiss. All right, I think I have enough energy to break down the door. I don't care if it leaves a scratch. I feel like uh, like the Incredible Hulk. Let me out of here. I've got to finish writing my latest off-Broadway play, The Lonely White Man, who has many regrets. We open in five hours, and the loan sharks are after me. Hello. I don't actually want to tear down the door. Uh, I'm too small. Final thoughts regarding Walking Happy. I suppose my only question is, where are the hummable tunes? Where are they? I mean, Shenandoah bugged the hell out of me, but at least a few of those songs were sticky. You can't give me a single sticky song. 
let it be known I do my best, to approach musicals I've never heard before with the highest of hopes, and that's what I did this week. That optimism frequently pays off, but not in this case, I'm afraid. To all of the high school and college theater students who have been tasked with performing this grade A bunk, please know that I feel your pain. Uh, yeah, I know, I agree. They only picked this show because it was easy to license. It was cheap to license. You should be doing something more <laughs> substantial, more worthwhile. Okay, so in 1967, the winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical was Cabaret, and the additional nominees that season were former subject of the podcast, I Do, I Do, and The Apple Tree. We still gotta talk about The Apple Tree. We still gotta talk about Cabaret, okay? Cabaret has every right to hold on to that particular Best Musical medallion, by the way. Never let it go, Cabaret. Keep that grip. I want that grip to be iron, okay? All right, that Wallace Shawn ad. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> Man alive. Manga, manga, manga. Okay, so let's rank this show against all of the other shows we've talked about on the podcast. As always, if you want to check out our ranking, go to patreon.com slash musicalmanpod. You'll see a pinned post there. Click on the pinned post. You'll be taken to our link tree. Click the little button that takes you to our Google Sheet. The second tab of that Google Sheet, that's where you'll find this ranking. Okay, well, first I'm going to tell you where Walking Happy lands, and then I'm going to announce a couple of changes, okay? Walking Happy is 132 on our ranking in between The Wedding Singer at 131 and A Class Act at 133. Here are the two changes I want to announce. Star Mites is now at 142 between Miss Saigon and Leader of the Pack and Take Me Along is now at 144 between Leader of the Pack and Irma Ledus. Okay, those are the only changes I want to announce. Now let's focus on show-related ephemera. Here is the one and only Peggy Lee performing Walking Happy on The Ed Sullivan Show. Original air date, October 23rd, 1966, just under a month before the musical premiered on Broadway. Patty, Benny, let's hear Miss Peggy Lee. There's a kind of walk you walk when the world's undone you. There's a kind of walk you walk when you're walking proud. There's a kind of walk you walk when the neighbors shun you There's a kind of walk you walk Sets you above the crowd There's a kind of walk you walk When somebody loves you That's very much like walking on a cloud Good fortune The boomer world seem fine. There's a kind of walk you walk when you feel like growing. There's a kind of walk you walk when you're on your way. There's a kind of walk you walk when your pride is showing. There's a kind of walk you walk. When today's your day There's a kind of walk you walk 
find myself humming this version of the number to tell you the true, Lee's cover would eventually appear on Extra Special, a compilation album released in 1967. How many studio albums did Peggy Lee record in her lifetime? A very good question. Almost 60! My God! Oh, oh, boy. Okay, so to determine... So, uh, take two! <laughs> to determine which show we discuss next, we'll need to take a ride on the musical carousel, otherwise known as the random number generator I named after that classic Rogers and Hammerstein show, Yum! A fork... <laughs> take two. The name of the, of the Rogers and Hammerstein show this time around is Yum! A four-course musical. Did we get that clean. All right, everyone ready? Then away we go! The next subject of our main feed coverage is a 1966 nominee. Uh, is that right? Let me double check. Yes, that is correct. We're only going one year back in time. This time around, we were in 1967 in terms of Tony nominations. Now we're going to uh, just one year back, 1966. This show ran for 248 performances, and if you can believe it, the name of the show is Skyscraper. Oh my god, another Sammy Kahn, Jimmy Van Hughes joint? Spooky. Everything about this episode has been spooky from start to finish. All right, this next episode that we're, uh, that we're advertising, that's going to drop next week. You're not going to have to wait at all. It's coming to you next week, okay? All right, go to patreon.com slash musicalmanpod to find out how you can support the show financially. As a reminder, 100% of every monthly Patreon payout is donated to the Planned Parenthood Action Fund. We keep none of that money. You give to us we give it to the Planned Parenthood Action Fund. And in exchange, you get all sorts of delicious bonus material and privileges. Uh, let's say you donate, well, here's the thing. You can donate one, three, five, or ten dollars a month. It's your choice. If you donate one dollar a month, you get Monday early access to all of our main feed episodes. Everyone else will have to wait until Wednesday. You'll get them on Monday. If you donate uh, at least one dollar a month, you also get a weekly verbal shout out. Thank you so much for donating at least $1 a month. Caroline, Helena, Greg, Andy, Elizabeth, Aaron, Jason, Jack, Vitor, Sydney, Katie, Elena, Anton, Ross, HJG, Jared, Eli, David, Dave, Christopher, Neil, Brian, Robin, Liz, Carrie, Maddie, Jonathan, Marcus, Rob, Shauna, Shianti, Roberto, Jordan, Ashley, Chris, JC, Jenna, Aaron, Lily, Haley, Brandon, Brad, Matt, Zach, and Marisol. $1 a month tier patrons also get 19 bonus episodes regarding the seven. 73rd Annual Tony Awards, the trailer for the film Cats, The Little Mermaid Live, a full review of the film Cats, Emma at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, Take Me to the World, a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration, Hamilton via Disney+, Plus. Documentary Now, Original Cast Album, Co-op, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, Arlo the Alligator Boy, a review of the trailer for Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, Vivo, the Tony Awards present Broadway 
Somebody's Back, Diana, Annie Live, The Notebook at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, Beauty and the Beast, A 30th Celebration, and, hey, what if I told you more were coming on the way? It's true. It's true. You also get Season 1, that's 12 episodes of Radio Boy, a series for which I check in with myself via the non-musical theater songs that make me feel more like myself. And you get all 16 episodes in M3, The Movie Musical Man, a series for which we watch trios, trilogies of movie musicals that are tied by common themes. If you donate $3 a month, you get everything I've already described, plus a musical shout-out in the style of a character, actor, or composer of your choosing. All 10 episodes in our Wildcats Everywhere series that's dedicated to the High School Musical franchise, and a special one-off all about Julie and the Phantoms, and all 14 episodes in TV VIP, the series dedicated to TV shows that are musicals. Musical TV shows. $5 a month will get you everything I've already described, plus you get to stop the musical carousel and determine what show I discuss here on the podcast. You get seasons one and two, that's 24 episodes of All I Ask of You, an advice show hosted by the Phantom of the Opera, all 14 episodes in our Broadway in... Ah, no, no, take two. All 14 episodes in our Broadway in Chicago review series, Thank you very much. And volumes one through six of Shout About It. These are collections of five, six, seven, eight coffee ads and uh, musical shout outs from the first 150 episodes. $10 a month will get you everything I've already described, plus exclusive announcements regarding future subjects of the main feed. Season one, that's 12 episodes of The Snub Club, a series dedicated to Broadway musicals that were not nominated for Best Musical at the Tony Awards. And finally, all 12 episodes in our turn off series, a series dedicated to off-Broadway musicals. If you're listening to the show via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, please take a moment to write a five-star review. It has been a very, very long time since we have heard from anyone on that front, and you have no idea what it means to me to see uh, words of praise, those, those glittering five stars. So please, if you've been listening to the show for a while and you haven't taken the time to write that five-star review, please do that. It would mean the world to me. It would mean the world to me. <laughs> so many take twos. We're not editing any of that stuff out. Email me at musicalmanpod at gmail.com. I love to receive an email. Thanks as always to Patty and Benny all the way out there in Chicago. Thank you to Alex Green for our beautiful logo and thank you to Zach Little for our fabulous intro and outro music. (laughs) You know what that sound means? Yes, just when the fun is starting comes the time for parting. Oh well, we'll catch up some other time specifically on the next episode of The Musical man. So long, farewell, off Wiedersehen, and good night. anymore. (laughs) Nowadays, it's all graphic novels and uh, manga, manga, manga.